This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, it's Thursday lunchtime, which can mean only one thing. Uh, when I get to talk to the Chelsea legend that is Kerry Dex Dixon. How are you, Kerry? I'm fine, thank you, Dave. Good stuff. So, uh, no doubt after... Um, well, I mean, I, ha- I have to say, mate, a, a win that, uh, you know, surprised both of us, uh, if, I, if I think back to what we were saying last week. Uh, neither of us predicted that that Chelsea would, uh, would 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 win, I think, in the end, so easily, really. 3-0, I don't think, flattered us at all, really. What do you think? No, I think, no, I think it was quite emphatic. And uh, I have to be honest, uh, I had doubts about certain games. And, you know, uh, I, I started to think that after the first 10, 15 minutes, everyone sort of flattered to deceive a little bit. They looked threatening, but didn't really test the keeper too much. And, you know, Lukaku, we spoke about him and Costa, what, how it would pan out. Um, was never really a match. Lukaku never really got into it. You were right with what you said about, you know, he doesn't do so well against Chelsea and there are horses for courses, that old analogy. Um, it, it all came right. Um, so so much for a difficult game. Chelsea approached it absolutely magnificently. I think the, the goals were great. Um, they were comfortable winners. And, you know, it just makes you think, you know, you hedge your bets and you start to think about this team, or I have, you know, since we've been doing the show and you look at the games and so on, you know, no one saw Palace defeat coming, you know, and we go away um, at Manchester United. We we expected a, a, a sort of a board draw. We end, in the end, we, we end up getting beat. And then no one, you know, you go away, ever, you're a bit sceptical and they win quite comfortably. Um, they're a strange side, um, but they're a side that's going <laughs> to win the league. Uh, they really are. Um, not Strange is a bit unfair, I mean, I've said all season, it, the spark usually comes from Hazard and Costa and, you know, invariably that's where it where it does come from. But Pedro, to pull that goal out, well, it's a worldie. And, 
you know, the team just followed on from that. It was a comfortable win and, you know, everyone playing their part, of course, like they have done all season. Uh, absolutely spot on with all of that. I think, I think there's an awful lot in there, Kerry. I'll I'll try and you know un- unpack a bit of that. I, I just just firstly, actually, because I mean, we did we we did uh, spend a little bit of time talking about Lukaku and Costa last week, and um, you know I, I I have I have been harsh on him in the past, and I I think you you've you've kind of given the other side of that in, in, when we whenever we have talked about him. Uh, um, I think one thing became a lot clearer to me. Uh, on on uh, Sunday was the fact that he really didn't get any decent service, but of course this is a brilliant question to ask for you because you you of all people will know the answer. I, is that a valid excuse, or you know, if you really want to be a world class striker, can, can you know, should you not just sit there and go, well, I didn't get the service? I mean, is it a valid excuse? Um, well, let me try and explain because you know people talk about world class striker, great striker, or whatever. Um, He's world-class in the fact that he's scoring for his national side on a fairly regular basis. He's scoring for his domestic side on a regular basis. Um, world-class. What he is, he's a, I'd say he's a world-class goal scorer. And you, you have mm. to separate a goal scorer from a striker. You know, there's people mm. who are renowned for their goals. I always say that a good striker is dots on his goals. Um, when you look, you sort of back at pairings, it's how many they get as a pair, who does what. And you talk about creativity... Um, you look at the team. Every goal scorer needs chances created for him. His art is being in the right place at the right time. But the ball has to be there as well. The ball has to be in and around these areas. And if it's not, it's hard for a goal scorer, not, not always, because they can make it happen from nothing themselves, but not on a regular basis. You know, the Lionel Messi's, the Cristiano Ronaldo's can do these things. Um, but people who are turbed as goal scorers, Generally, they're strikers, but they're within the striker uh, genre, if you like. You, you break it down and you, you look at your Mark Hughes, who, who was a good all-round striker, wasn't renowned for his amount of goals. But people say, was Mark Hughes a good striker? People say, a great striker. People say, was mm. Gary Lineker a good striker? People say, great striker. But he was great goal scorer. Mm. No, you didn't, see, you didn't see him doing too much green cup play, chasing fullbacks, running all over the place, battering centre-halves. No, but he got his goals. And, mm, you know, the whole true. idea of what is Lukaku, you take the package um, if you're going to buy him and you know what you're going to get and you'll be looking at people like in and around your team like a Hazard, like a Fabregas who can create chances for him or put balls in areas that he will thrive. If you do that, Lukaku gets goals. Everton didn't create much. Well, you know- they, and like I said earlier, they flat to deceive. Sorry, I'm, I'm telling you to go on again. They, they got to the final third and seemed to run out of ideas. Don't necessarily blame Lukaku for that. Um, that's because Chelsea were the better side. Well, I mean, that's that's exactly kind of why, you know, I asked that question and brought it up like that, because it kind of occurred to me that, you know, maybe I have been a bit harsh on him and, you know, put him in a decent side like Chelsea with players who are going to create chances for him then I suspect he will put them away because he, he can clearly finish when he gets the chance. I mean, you know, the one kind of chance he had, he wasn't far away. And, and you know, I, I, I was watching it at home and they had Thierry Henry uh, doing the punditry and, you know, he wasn't a bad player. And he said, you know, <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't expect him to score from that chance. You know, if he'd have scored that, it'd have been a cracking goal. So, you know, he, he's clearly got an eye for a goal. And I think... If we do sign him, and you know, it looks more and more likely that Costa may well be 
going off to China. Um, maybe he will produce the goods for us. But uh, all of that will be revealed in good time, won't it? Um, you know, you mentioned uh, a- another player, actually. Uh, now, you, you know, this this predates us doing the show together. But last season, I, I, I gave Pedro quite a hard time saying that he wasn't really, you know, he, he just wasn't up to the physical challenge of the Premier League. But I think this season, he's he's possibly been one of our most uh, surprising and most improved players, I think. Uh, and as you said, Kerry, what a worldie that was. But, I mean, it really does make a difference, doesn't it, when you've got a lot of players in the team that are capable of, of scoring goals like that or contributing. And I think Pedro kind of underlines that, doesn't he? Well, if you go back a couple of shows, you know, and you were questioning, not you necessarily, but people were uh, raising the question about Diego Costa and uh, he's in goal-scoring drought. I said that, you know, don't worry about the drought, but the team shouldn't suffer because he goes a few games without scoring a goal. Um, but there should also be a situation where other people need to chip in. You know, the team shouldn't suffer because one person doesn't get a goal. Uh, they have to chip in. It's as simple as that. And, mm. you know, on, on, on quite a few occasions, um, other people have started to chip in. William's come in. Um, and there's, there's been this battle continually between William and Pedro as to who starts and who doesn't start. Um, but when they both started, or when they both played invariably, they both chip in. So um, that's what it's got to be. Um, and that's the way it is. Uh, that's why Chelsea will be champions at the end of the season um, for all of them reasons. And I'm just going back on the Lukaku thing to finish off. Um, great strikers, not so great strikers. At the end of the season, you look at what you've got, where your team is and so on. Have you contributed to the team and why have you done your bit? How many goals have you got as a striker? That's the, say, that's the thing that I always say. If you're going to get transferred, you're handed in your CV, manager looks at it and the opposition club and the buyers look at it. You're buying a striker. How many goals does he get? Then, If he don't get so many goals, what does he offer the team? If he doesn't fit any of the criteria, why are you looking at him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, that's that, that's absolutely spot on. You know, if, you, if you're a striker and you've scored 20, 25 goals, nobody's going to remember what kind of goals they were or what, what happened in the games. They're just going to remember the fact you scored 25 goals and, and who, who's not going to want somebody who can score you 25 goals in their team? It's simple, isn't it? I think it, it's really interesting also what you were saying about, about spreading it around. And I, 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 saw, I read some really interesting stuff this week, actually, saying that, you know, in, in the last 10 years or so, when we had the likes of Frank Lampard playing for us, you know, we perhaps got a bit complacent because, you know, if, if your striker didn't score a goal, you knew Frank would turn up with a goal and bail you out. I mean, he, he, he scored a rate that most strikers would be proud of. But I think, you know, you're right. I, I, I'm far more comfortable with, and, and I think it's far healthier to have, you know, four, five, six players who are all capable of scoring goals and chipping in. And and that's what I like about this team, even though they are a bit strange. And I, You know, I, I have to say, Kerry, even now, and I mean, a lot of people after winning against Everton said, well, that's it. We're going to win it. Even now, I, I, I won't say that until it's done. Because I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's, it's not as if I don't trust this team. But I mean, you know, remember when, when that, that first Mourinho team surfaced? When we were 1-0 up, you knew you were going to win. You could go home. I mean, it was done. I still sometimes get this feeling that anything can happen with this team. In a sense, that makes it quite an interesting watch. But as a supporter, you're still sitting on the edge of your seat going, oh my God, what's going to happen? I mean, is that kind of what you mean about Strange? I think it's a case of me and you role reversal. I mean, you look at the start of our show when I used to say, <laughs> I used to be the pessimistic one and think, no, it's not over until it's over. And, um, 
you used to say, well, we're a good side, we're going well, top of the league, this will happen, that will happen. Like Talking like a, a, a proper supporter, I might add. Um, mm. you know, supporters believe we're a good side, we're going to win, and and so on. I'm you know, an ex-pro and sceptical about how games go and you know, respect for opposition, no matter who they are, and, and so on. I'm not saying you don't have that, but as the shows have gone on, You've become a little bit more sceptical about certain games. You thought, hmm, what have they got, the opposition? And uh, after that Everton game, I'm afraid I've become the supporter, if I weren't already, and I've decided we've won the league as well. Uh, and I will say it now. <laughs> I, 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 I think that we're on the way to winning. If you tell me we go away and win at Everton, and then we look at our home games and you know we can't win them, <laughs> I, I'm not buying it. I, I think we're champions, and we're champions elected. It's a case of which game we do it on. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I mean, look, you know, I, I've been watching Chelsea a long time. So, you know, I, I, there's a great friend of both of ours, Mark Worrell, uh, coined a term many years ago called glorious unpredictability. And anybody who's followed Chelsea for 30, 40 years knows exactly what we're talking about. Um, but at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, you know, we've got four games left. Three of them are at home. We need to we need to get three wins if one presumes that Spurs win all of theirs. I'm still not convinced that that will happen. I mean, I think they've got a very tough match uh, tomorrow night uh, against West Ham. I also think the Leicester match will be a tricky match for them because they're back on, on, on the kind of form we saw from them last season. And, uh, and not, you know, Man United, you never know what will happen with that. So, you know, I still think that Spurs might drop points, which, as you said, then comes a question of, well, when will we win it? Which match will it be? Not if we will win the, the title. So uh, I think I'm going to ask you the question, you know, I, uh, you can answer this one of two ways, Kerry, depending on how you feel. One, where will we win it? Or two, where could it all go wrong? Um, well, you look at the games and you think, what have we got? I, I expect us to beat Middlesbrough. Um, Sunderland yeah. being the last. In the meantime, you don't know. You've got to look at what game Tottenham are playing at the same time and mm. who plays first, who plays second, to actually work out an idea after, as to where. You know, you could say Chelsea, or oh, it's in our own hands. Uh, in the order we win it, providing it's in our own hands, we go Middlesbrough, and correct me, or, or you, you put me right on the, the next two, the order, um, we go, we'll be away, and then we go home the last two, is that correct? We've got, well, we've got, we've got uh, Borough on Monday, uh, yeah. and then we've got West Brom away the following Friday, yeah. then Watford away. the following Monday, and then Sunderland, yeah. No, no, well, West yeah. Brom away so, so, next Friday, that's the only away game. Yeah, I know that, but we go home, away, and two, we finish with two homes. So, listen, yeah. as it stands, provided it's in our own hands, we win it at Watford, at home at Watford. You know? Right. You said we need yeah. to win three games, which we do. Um, yeah. If yeah. we win this one, can it go wrong at West Brom? Uh, if we drop a point, all that does for me is it pushes it back to Sunderland, as you've already said, providing Tottenham keep winning all their games. Um Depending what Tottenham do, my my guess and my gut feeling would be we can win it. We'll win it at home to Watford. Mm, okay, well, I mean, I, I, you know, we, we shall see. Obviously, I mean, I think, I think, obviously, if West Ham, you know, turn up, uh, you know, on Friday night, which. You know th- their rivalry with Spurs is is up there with our rivalry with Spurs. So one hopes that they'll certainly turn up, which is more than Arsenal did last Sunday. But they're not in good form. Um, so that's why I'm saying I think Leicester and Man United are the, probably the best bets to see 
Spurs lose some points. So that being the case, I think you're right. If we're going to win it, it seems like it'll be Watford because, of course, if we win against Borough and West Brom and Watford, then there's nothing Spurs can do. We've won the title. So uh, uh, get the the cigar ready for uh, Monday week is the advice there. Um, Now, before we get to that, of course, we should... We should we should talk about uh, the the Borough game because uh, that is of course uh, what we're kind of here to do, and it is next Monday. Chidge, J.K. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, the first thing I'm going to say, and I, and I don't want to get dragged down into a, a, a moan about refs, but uh, I thought John Moss was, was pretty poor. Uh, in the Everton game, I mean, it didn't have any ramifications, but of course, it, it it does bring to to mind, you know, when I when I say, well, what could go wrong? Well, one one thing that could go wrong is you get a really appalling ref who makes some absolute ricks of decisions, which can cost you a game. Uh, and apparently, we've got Craig Pawson lined up for uh, for the match against Borough, and he was the ref uh, for the Arsenal City uh, Cup semi final, and he made some horrendous decisions in that match. So is that the kind of thing that would worry you, you know, a ref making a few duff decisions? Um, well, it always worries you because you want every game on level mm. playing field. But the trouble is there's human beings who are in charge, the same as the human beings are playing. And uh, we're all prone to error at times. Um, oh, yeah. I, I would say whatever it's going to be, whatever it's going to be. If a ref makes an error, we've got to get on with it. We've got to overcome that. Um you know, if you're talking about you give them a penalty or sends one of ours off for no reason or something like that, then we have to overcome. You know, um, champions overcome these things. People, winners overcome um, difficult things. And, you know, Chelsea will have to overcome that. If you ask me, are we one goal better than Middlesbrough at home? I would say, no problem. We could afford a, a penalty against us. Um, can we play them with 10 men without any disrespect? They're a very defensive unit. Don't concede a lot. Um Goodness me, they're close to going down. 
we're close to being champions. We're at home. Uh, I would say he could play with a man less. So, and still win, I'm talking about. Um, and mm. that probably gives away my prediction for the end of the show, um, if, mm. that, if indeed that be the case. But, yeah, there is always a case of a bad refereeing performance and a few decisions go your wrong way and a few players off form. But, as I say, the winners are judged over the season. Mm. I'm quite happy where Chelsea are. It's in their own hands. Mm. Um, we've just got to go with it. You know, I think I, I I wouldn't disagree with any of that. I I think the other thing is is that when you see the reaction of uh, Antonio Conte and the players after that Everton match, I think that they knew that that was the toughest fixture we had left, and I and I just think that in a sense that might uh, lessen any nerves they might have been having about going into the last three or four matches. So perhaps they might play with a bit more freedom. Uh, and I think the other thing to note when we're playing with, against Borough, I mean, our record and their record, well, the record against each other is, is is ridiculous. I mean, we've won our last six against Borough without actually even conceding a goal. Uh, we're the highest Premier League scorers. They're the lowest uh, Premier League scorers. So, you know, I think I think if, if, as we are getting into the prediction, if you're going to predict anything, it's hard to really see beyond, you know, a healthy, comfortable win for Chelsea against Borough on Monday night. Yeah, well, you know, if any team's going to come and, say, park the bus or something, it will be Middlesbrough. They'll try. They'll be grateful for anything. A point would be a, a huge win for them, you know, um, a point. Uh, they would be expecting nothing to, out of this game, the long journey down. Um, my guess is they'll be working, not looking to push many men forward, get men behind the ball. It's going to be a case of we need to break them down at some stage early. Um to set the tone, if that be the case, they will have to come out and change their policy. Um, if they if they come out and play open attacking football, which I don't think is in their repertoire, um, then Chelsea, I, I believe, will will give them a three or four. Uh, I really do. Um, yeah. I can't really see anything other than that. If we fail to break them down and they dig in for the first half, the crowd will be a little bit itchy. They will get a little bit more confident and so on. But... Uh, I still think we got far too much, and and like you, um, if we get an early goal, I think we could give them three or four. If it's a little bit longer, I think it'll be at least two. Mm. But again, like I said, I think I think that the the confidence is very very high with Chelsea at the moment, I, and I, and I think that was helped by beating well first Spurs the other week, uh, then Southampton at home, and then Everton finally, and I think that was that was a massive win for them, and they knew it. Uh, so yeah, you know, as always, I think an early goal will help. But I, I can't, I just can't see us, you know, I can't, I can't see us doing anything other than be- beating Middlesbrough comprehensively. I think they'll be down as well because they were really unlucky not to get a result uh, against uh, City. And I mean, even e- you know, even though they aren't technically relegated yet, they're they're you know, I just wonder how much fight they'll have, Kerry. I mean, you know, a team that's that's not technically been relegated, you would expect to come with a lot of fight and, as you said, do everything they can to get a point. But, I mean, I just wonder what their mentality will be knowing they've got to go to Chelsea, who are probably going to be champions and trying to get a result. Well, if they've got anything about them, I mean, they'll be playing for whatever support comes down from Middlesbrough on a Monday night to the home of the champions, expecting nothing in a long way. Um, They'll do their utmost. Um, You always say as supporters and people, you know, you should be proud to wear the shirt and, you know, the supporters who follow you that period, that, that length of the country, um, you get out there and do your best. Um, whether it be good enough or not, the supporters will recognise that. They still might get a beating and that might be their best. 
that supporters will know mm. and uh, these supporters will mm. continually be there and from that respect I imagine they'll go out there and fight what they should do if they've got mm. anything about them yeah and of course I mean that 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 is the one the one area of concern because I think you know if you look at that Everton match uh I I was surprised actually they I mean and I wasn't there but a lot of mates who were and they said they were surprised about how flat Goodison Park was because normally it's a real cauldron there and very very noisy but you know, I think, as you well know, quite often what happens on the pitch affects what happens uh, in the stands, and and vice versa. And it, and in in a sense, they were. They, what do they have to play for? You know, they know they're going to be in Europe next season. They know they're not going to make the top four, so perhaps their foot was off the gas a bit. Whereas Middlesbrough, as you said, they may well be scrapping for their lives, and they may turn up. So, you know, whilst we can sit here and say we expect Chelsea to win by you know three or four, there's always that chance that they might turn up and make it hard for us. Yep, don't doubt that for one moment. There is that chance. Um, and if they make it hard for us, it'll be two. <laughs> Top stuff. <laughs> Brilliant. OK, mate, well, let, let's nail those colours to the mast on Borough. We've got a couple of other things to talk about after we've done that. But, uh, I mean, I'm going to go for 3-0. I, I have a suspicion you're going to go for much something similar. Touche, 3-0. So, anyone listening? And we have been pretty much near the mark for the majority well, of the season. Take yeah. care of it now. Um we haven't been far away near you, so 3-0. Yep, yep. Yep, okay, well, we'll stick for that. Now, there's a couple of other things I want to want to talk about. Uh, I mean, I know there's an awful lot of rumours floating around, um, but I, the first thing I want to talk about is, is Tammy Abrahams, because, uh, you know, it being that you're a, you were a striker, you'll have some empathy with what's going on with him. But, of course, one of our youth players, he's been out on loan at Bristol City all year, and he's had a yep. superb season. I mean, I th- he's the second uh, highest goal scorer in the championship with 23 goals. Uh, he's only 19. He's He's been scoring those goals in a team that are down the bottom end of the table. Uh, so I think that makes it even more noteworthy in many respects. Uh, we're likely to lose Costa. We may well be getting Lukaku. Antonio Conte may well have a, a few other favourites from uh, you know former clubs that he might have his eye on. Um, and I'm just wondering where this leaves... Tammy Abraham because I mean it seems to me that there are quite a lot of choices on the table you know one he comes back to Chelsea possibly as the the third striker which means his game time will be limited and given the fact that he's 19 he needs game time I would add uh, or does he you know does he go out on loan to another Premier League club and see what he can do in the Premier League does he go to another club in the champion in the championship do we sell him do we loan him abroad what I mean what what do you think we'll do and what do you think would be best for Tammy Abraham well, I have to be honest, at his age, you, you know, you look at Patrick Bamford, did exactly the same mm. player of the year, Middlesbrough. Um, yeah. When he went there in the championship, um, went to Palace, didn't quite work for him and, you know, and then got sold back on. Um, you've got to get the experience. Being a third striker is not good. For, not, it's not great for an 18, 19 year old, even 20 year old. Look at Romelu Lukaku when he came here, uh, you know, as, as a big money signing. Um, no game time. You know, needed to play to prove himself as a young man. Um, now, I, I don't know what Conte's got in his mind, and this is what is this is where it's all going to um, pan out. Um, who he got in mind as a striker, who's going to be sort of first choice. The first choice, of course, has to perform. If not, the second choice goes in. And whether he's prepared to take a chance with, with Tammy Abraham or not, and it, with, with, you know, I. Sitting and playing in Chelsea's uh, under-23s is not going to be the answer for the likes of him, especially having proved himself, you know, at Bristol City. And, I, you know, you look at Izzy Brown as another one. Um, yeah. They're OK at Huddersfield as well. 
Um, you know, these these lads, these young lads, are proving themselves. They've got they've got to continue on the upward curve and continue their development. Any youngster that's going to break through at Chelsea, the manager has to decide he's going to give them a chance. They've got to hit the ground running when they're given that chance. They've got to force the manager's hand. You look at um, the young lad Itchy. I can't quite pronounce his name at, at Manchester City. He, when Aguero was out, he scored goals. Um, Aguero come back in and, and, and scored goals. He sort of kept him out, but he kept him in and around the squad and he gave him some game time. Uh, kids have to do it and they have to do it consistently um, to take a big name out of the team. It's why John Terry was a legend he is. He took Craig de Berth out the side, a French international, and, and he performed and never stopped performing. Youngsters have to do it. If you're a striker, you've got to get in and score goals and score goals and score goals. Um, that's what you've got to do. Uh, for me, Tammy Abraham, looking for another loan. Uh, unless Antonio Conte decides he's going to be second striker. If he is, when he gets the opportunity, he's got to hit the ground running. I think, you know, very, very wise words. And, you know, if anybody would know, it would be you. And, I, and I'm inclined to agree with you. I think, you know, he will find it really hard to break into Chelsea now, even though we don't know what Conte's thinking. Uh, but, uh, you know, Batshuayi, who, you know, on paper had a had a far more uh, substantial track record than Tammy Abraham, you know, has got no sniff. And in fact, I think he's probably regressed this year because of that. I think it's really interesting, isn't it? I think a, a lot of this, you know, is down to just pure blind luck and coincidence. Because if you look at Harry Kane, uh, you know, he was on loan for several years. Uh, and then he luckily broke through into the Tottenham team and, and scored goals and they stuck with him. I think Marcus Rashford is, you know, you could also say that it's similar up there at United. So I think a lot of it is just kind of happenstance that they just happen to be at the right place at the right time. But I think right now, uh, you're right. I think Tammy Abraham would benefit from guaranteed game time. So, you know, maybe maybe put him in a, in a you know, a Premier League team, Kerry, uh, on loan, see what he can do in the Premier League. That might be the answer. Well, that's what happened with Patrick Bamford. Um, you know, and, you know, people will look at what you do in Premier League clubs. If you go and Lukaku is now looking at coming back because he went on loan to a Premier League club, albeit yeah. ultimately got transferred. This is how it works. And just on the Harry Kane yeah. thing, credit to Tottenham and credit to their manager. He did, he did exactly what I said. He came in, stopped, yeah. scored a couple of goals, um, stayed inside, scored a couple of goals. I think they had to fill out. Roberto or, or someone thirty million pound uh, Argentina or something. Soldado, um, wouldn't it? Yeah, Robert, Roberto Soldado, yeah. And, you know, Kane went in and scored. This other fellow went back in, didn't score, put Kane on, scored. Forced the hand, and the manager kept faith, and next thing he's one of our own, and, you know, he's become what he's become. But you have to continually do that to get a legend or, or, or an established international out of your team. And, you yeah. know, that's the only way, there's no other way uh, it's going to happen. Managers' jobs are at risk. Um, supporters, uh um, thoughts and why are you playing a kid when we've got a £30 million striker in? Some will think otherwise, but everyone wants to win. If we're winning, no problem. If we're losing or don't get the wins, everything's a problem. Well, it's interesting you say that because I, I always get the impression that the supporters pretty much go around the other way. I, mean, I think you, you hear a lot of Chelsea supporters moaning all the time about the lack of opportunities for the youth players. I mean, from my own personal point of view, Kerry, 
I don't care. You know, if they're good enough, then they'll get a game. If if they're not, then they won't. And I mean, I think it was really interesting, interesting the point you made about Bamford. Uh, you know, I think ultimately it was proven that he wasn't good enough. I mean, okay, he didn't get the chance at Chelsea, but he had plenty of chances to prove himself elsewhere and it didn't work out. So I don't really care how old they are, but they've got to prove that they're good enough. And these days at Chelsea, you've got to be very, very, very good because this is a club competing for titles and a manager's expected to deliver titles and their job's on the line if they don't. So for me, go on, mate. Yeah, go on. No, sorry, just a word on the on the supporters thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a point of order and a point of argument continually. Um, mm. Some supporters will argue this, and I have heard it. Um, you know, would you be happy with Toby Abraham leading the attack next year? If the supporters that want the kids to play, and they accept that at the start of the season, fine. Then accept it. One or two iffy games, youngster didn't quite perform. Then in comes a big name international who's got his nose put out of joint, sitting on the bench. Um there's, there's all sorts of things keeping a happy ship. I don't know, and I'm not convinced that you, you know, supporters moan about not playing the kids. Um, the kid has to convince everyone when he goes in that he's, he's worth his place. It's all very well saying play Tabby Abraham, play Izzy Brown, play Patrick Bamford. You know, um, mm. I'm not convinced supporters would accept that. You, you, you say that supporters would if Chelsea took if Chelsea's hierarchy said we're going to develop the kids this year. We're going to see what kids are good enough. We put a lot of money into the uh, youth structure here, um, into the academy and so on. And we're going to play some of these kids on a regular basis. So don't be expect- expecting big name signings. I just wonder what the supporters reaction would be. I think at the start it would be favourable. And then once again, it will come down to results. Yeah, spot on, mate. I think I think exactly that. They want their cake and they want to eat it too. And I think they'll cry for the youth. And the minute the youth don't deliver, they'll be moaning because they're not winning stuff. And I think actually a lot of this, you know, we are in such a different time now. I mean, in you know, there, there are, you know, in your day, we brought a lot of players through, didn't we? And also bought a lot of players who'd come down from lower leagues and, you know, nobody expected them to do anything and it turned out different. But we'll look at where we were. The same in the mid-70s when Eddie McCready's team, a lot of youth players made the grade there. But look where they were. They're in the second division. You know, this is a club now that is not not just expected to win the FA Cup and the, and the Premier League here, but is expected to go out and do really well in Europe next year. It's a very, very different world and a very, very different club. And I think that that makes it tougher for the youth. Um, it's very unfortunate, but but there you go. Kerry, we, we should uh, wrap up this week because uh, we've got the whole weekend to look forward to before Monday night. I presume you're going to be at the match. Yes, I am. Good stuff. Well, look, you enjoy it on Monday night. I know that I will be. I'm going to have a nice old good old weekend in London uh, to build up to it, and I shall be uh, pumped up for it on Monday, as I always am. Uh, and you and I will uh, be discussing it again uh, next Thursday and looking forward to the West Brom match the day after. So it's all kind of getting crammed in, isn't it, at the end of the season? But anyway, we'll look forward to that as a, uh, as a matter of fact. Anyway, mate, it's been brilliant talking to you as always. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend and enjoy the match on Monday. Thanks very much, Dave. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.